If God could have found even ten innocent people in those cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, he would have let the cities remain. If you haven't read the rest of that story, I encourage you to do so. But parents, just fair warning, it's pretty R-rated. Maybe not in front of the kids, okay? But as we continue through that story, we learn a couple of things. We find out how a certain sin got its name. We learn just how bad things were going in those cities. And then we find out that even after spending all that time begging God to spare them, that Abraham spent begging God to spare them, God did wind up destroying them anyway. You know, God is incapable of lying. He's like, you know, it's like the idea of a square circle. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, there is no such thing. That's what a lying God would be like. It doesn't make any sense. There can't be one. So we know that if there had been ten people in those cities that he could save, then he would have. But he didn't. So there weren't even ten. Friends, I am concerned about our world today. Our society seems to be plunging deeper and deeper into this realm of sin. There is so much confusion and misunderstanding and sin around areas of sexuality and what the meaning of life is and whether life is worth living and even just basic morality that our society has sadly grown used to sin. It's not something we even notice sometimes. And we can't let it stay this way. We can't stand by and just watch it happen. Because as Catholics, or as Christians who follow Christ, or just as people who love our neighbor, we can't just watch society destroy itself. Now we know that God is infinitely merciful. We know that whenever we turn back to him, especially in the sacrament of confession, he will forgive us. He saved Lot's family. They were the only innocent ones he could find in Sodom. But we also know that God is just. So even though he saved Lot's family, Lot's wife, knowing what was going on, knowing why, and knowing what would happen if she turned back, when she turned back, she was destroyed too. Despite what many academic elites, what many in the media, what many politicians tell us, there is a God. There are universal truths. There are universal moral norms. And despite what society would have us believe, every single action we take matters. We don't get to start life over like it's a level of some video game. We don't get a second chance. We have one life. One life to live. And so the actions that we take in this life have eternal consequences for our souls. And as a side note, that's one of the reasons that confession is such a wonderful gift. Because we can go to confession, bring our sins to God, and He'll forgive them. And it's like hitting a reset button and getting a chance to start over again. It allows us to 
cast off our sins and return to this path, walking towards God. And we have to do that. This sin stuff is serious business. we got to get rid of it. Because, brothers and sisters, it is not just our lives that are at stake. Our Lord called us to be the ones who lead other people to Him. Each one of us, at the end of St. Matthew's Gospel, was given this great commission to go forth and to make disciples of all nations and to teach them the joy of the Gospel, to teach them the faith. Because every single person on this planet is in the same very serious situation that all of us are in. If they aren't Catholic Christians, they might not even recognize the stakes. And while God won't hold what they're incapable of knowing against them, they are capable of knowing those universal truths that I mentioned earlier. Everybody has to follow those. And that's why the church has these high standards that she holds us to. Because she wants to help us to follow those. She wants to make it so we don't even have to think about it. So she sets the bar up here, knowing that it's going to be hard to reach that. And we're going to fail a lot of times. But by setting it up there, we have something to aspire to. We have a goal. We know where we need to be. Those who are outside of the church, it's dangerous because they don't necessarily have that. They don't always know where they need to be going. And those Catholics who have fallen away from the faith are even in, a more, in an even more dangerous situation because they do know how it's supposed to be. But for some reason, the world has made this pitch to them. They, the world has made this offer to them saying, if you stop following God and follow this other thing, then you'll be happy. And for some reason or another, we don't know, we can't judge them, they've taken it. They've turned away from the mercy God wants to offer them in the sacrament of confession and the love that God wants to offer them at Mass on every Sunday. So what can we do about it? Because we can't just do nothing. Like I said, we can't sit idly by and watch all this happen. Because we're called to love our neighbor. So we have to do something. The first thing we can do is get our own lives in order. And the most important step in getting our own lives in order is prayer. The gospel today teaches us how to pray. We get the shorter version of the Lord's Prayer, of the Our Father today. The longer version is in Matthew's Gospel. Luke has the slightly shorter version, but it still has everything we need to pray for. It teaches us what we need to ask God for, for freedom from sin and for the strength to follow his will. And then in that wonderful parable of knocking at the door, he teaches us how we are to pray, persistently, because we're the ones at the door and God is the one inside. And he just wants us to keep knocking. He wants us to spend that time with him in prayer. Part of that prayer should involve the sacraments for us. So make use of confession. And at a minimum, attend Mass on Sundays. You all get that. You're here. But there's nothing in the world more important than going to Mass. Sleeping in or sports or work, all of these things 
have to be second to, to, second to God in our lives because he really is just that important. So when we get our lives in order, that in itself bears witness to Christ. But we can't stop there. Our faith has to inform every moment of our lives and every decision that we make. And so we should read and learn about our faith so that we can respond to others when they ask us questions. But also so that we run into one of those church teachings that we may not necessarily agree with, that we struggle to understand. We know where to look for answers. We know that the church isn't just making this stuff up. And so by reading and learning and understanding these things, we can slowly move ourselves to thinking the same way as the church does. And slowly we'll begin to comprehend the beauty of the church teachings, of how consistent they are, of how much sense they make. On top of this, we have to stand up for what is right, publicly, even if it's hard, especially if it's hard. And as if I'm not just stacking so many things up right now, and we don't need just one more, we have to do all of this with charity. It doesn't help to beat people over the head with the Bible, but at the same time, if the Bible, if the church, if it never comes up, it also doesn't help. Brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ and his church need you. They need you to spread the gospel. They need you to stand up for the truth. And they need you to be those shining beacons of light in this world that's become darkened by sin. And it is not just Jesus and the church who needs you. My brother priests and I need you too. Because we can't do this just by ourselves. We need your help. You can reach people that we can't. And there's so many more of you than there are of us. You have such an opportunity. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he left us in charge. And he said that the Spirit would be with us always to help us whenever we need it. But we have been given this task. We are the ones who are supposed to teach the world what it means to hallow God's name. We are the ones who have to help God bring his kingdom to come in this world. We must receive our daily sustenance, our daily bread from God. We must forgive others. And then we have to help others learn how to forgive. And overall, we just have to work to convert the world, to teach everyone around us how to live their lives, how to follow Jesus in their lives, so that none of us may be subjected to that final test.